Welcome back to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and every Thursday, you will finally get to chill with us. Hosted by Andrew, we will be bringing on some of the quirkiest, geekiest, leading voices in the personal finance space to give them ample time to talk about their stories, the lessons they have learned over time, and some good advice for all of us. What has aged well? What didn't do so well? Why did they do what they do? So sit back and chill with TFC. Boil it down to a certain picture of your life. Uh, you can put down a numerical number to it too, right? How much money do you need to afford that life? But you need to have a vision of what satisfaction looks like for you. And once you have that, some of you might actually realize, actually, I already have everything that I want. <laughs> Hey Coconuts, welcome to Chills with TFC where we sit down with the geekiest, quirkiest individuals to learn more about how they do money and life. I'm your host Reggie aka Your Chief Financial Coconut and today we're going to spend time with a special person. Right, you may have seen her speech because to me, that is what inspired me to try my very best to connect with. I've been trying to get her on the show for two years. Thanks to Tay Tariq with Walid, right? Walid, shout out to you. Please check out his podcast, the number one political podcast in Singapore, Tay Tariq with Walid. I asked him, can you link me up with Quick? So today, we are going to have Quick Xiao in in the house. She was an NMP, founder of the Talk Collective, and now she runs a whole space trying to solve some of these cultural, structural, social challenges at the common ground. So you may have seen them at Badok. If you have not, it's fine. She's amazing, very, very smart, very talented. And today, I'm going to pose her some of the the most difficult questions out there, some of these existential crisis questions that a lot of us are struggling with. So what is our role in society? How does money play in our life? How do we find meaning to continue to move on in this world where some of us may have already accumulated enough? So how much is enough? What is her money story? What is our role in society? All these big, big questions. Oh my goodness, I think she did a great job. And yeah, I hope you'll find today's episode meaningful because to me this is one of the biggest biggest challenges of our lifetime so for all that and more check out today's episode this is chill swift tfc i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today Okay, so if we met at a party and you asked me what I do for work, I would say... You would say, don't talk about work at a party. No, no, no. I, I, I'm happy to talk about work, which is terrible, yes, but I Singapore enjoy my work a lot. Um, I would say that I'm a cultural change strategist, which is a fancy way of saying I help leaders and teams and organizations strategize how to change maybe parts of their team culture or org culture that you know they, they feel doesn't work for them. Uh, or they may have a cultural aspiration that they want to work towards, but are not sure about it. Uh, I'm the person to call to help you. Let's sit down, let's think about it. And I can coach, I can facilitate, and I can design 
how to go about it and that actually gives me a lot of fulfillment so I enjoy my work a lot and um <laughs> Are you planning to be an MP again? I think that's the, the question in the house. <laughs> question in the house. Because I, 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 right. I, I got to know you because of your speeches. I was okay. like, wow, this lady okay. has great speeches. Like, <laughs> I hope everybody put out these kind of speeches, you know? Right? So very convinced that you have the ability to talk about cultural change, you know? <laughs> okay. but, but are you going to, you know, put your name in the hat and you right. know, actually run? Yeah. I think it's a serious job. I mean, I see it as a job. I see okay, it. So other people don't see it as a job? I think it's quite possible that really? not everyone sees it as a job. I okay, thought it's so, the biggest job in the house, you know? Well, okay. So, so to be to be fair, so I'll take it as this is my own perspective. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm in the camp that believes the job is pretty complex and you should just do that one job. Mm. And I think it's really hard to do it as a part-time job or do it as a side job. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm from that camp. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think yeah. it's hard work. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's hard, hard work. Yes, it's yes. Re- it's work that is uh, is res- respectable, should be done well, and I think it's difficult. So, uh, I mean, to give a simple answer to will I ever be an MP? I'm someone who believes that you shouldn't say no outright mm. because you never know how times change, how seasons change, and I believe that every Singaporean with the skills and with the desire, I should be prepared to say yes when the time is right. But for me right now, uh, I don't think that's the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Why? Like, What are you focused on now? I mean, like, that's the career part, right? You're doing yeah, your I, thing. Yeah, I, I enjoy yeah, the work you, that I yeah, do. Yeah, you love that. And because of my own convictions <laughs> that you cannot do double time, <laughs> yeah, I would mm-hmm. have to give up the work that I do, which right now for me, I find it's really meaningful. I find that I can contribute to society quite deliberately in this way. And I don't think I can do that if I were an MP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So I got nothing against it. It's just by principle, I would give up one. I have to give up one to do the other. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So mm. one day, if you see <laughs> quick goes unemployed, then you know next round <laughs> it's going to come in. It's like yeah. nah, name, name and uh, hat. Uh, okay. well, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next, uh, but, yeah. but, but your speeches are memorable. I love them. <laughs> right. And uh, that's why I told Walid, right? Hey, Walid, connect me with Shalit. <laughs> right? I want to have her on the show. By the way, if you have not checked out TTWW, right? Tate with Walid. It's great podcast. Please check them out. Yeah, but today we're going to focus a little bit on the whole like society and money kind right. of situation because yeah. I think these days there's uh, we, without going into like complex high level concepts to like alienate the people, yep, yep. you know, like yeah. a lot of us, we associate ourselves um, with the money that we make. Right? Okay. And you realize yeah. that there's some level of like, oh, you know, like people feel superior when they make more money. But a lot of people are spending in many ways to try to fill the gap within themselves. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so, 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 I think that's kind of the line that I want to thread today, together yeah, with yeah. you. Of course, with you okay. must touch more like woohoo, these kind of topics, right? Okay. <laughs> so, 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 I don't must, know what that means. Yes, but yes. Sure. No, like more like you know, like complicated, <laughs> you know, social dynamics and personal choices. Okay. You know, and uh, yeah. because because it transcends three parts, right? Yes. First is the market economics of like how uh-huh. things are priced. Yeah. Right. Next is about the how society positions certain things and yeah. how we value certain things. Yeah. And the third is the individual, right? The individual okay. trying to thread this whole space of like, okay, okay. I want to do this also. Okay. But then there's some things don't pay. Then, you know, I feel like lacking if I do something that pays yeah. well, but 
don't like meet who I am or something like okay. that, right? So, yeah. so the, I think this kind of the the okay. triangle that I'm going for, right? Okay, yeah, there, there's a lot you. there. Yeah, yeah. So we can there. like take baby steps where yeah. in yeah, whatever we, direction yes, yes, it feels yes, right yes, for yes. you. So yeah. let, let's maybe we we start with like, is there something of a natural role in society? Like as society develops, mm. is there something where you know, like uh, I'm born into a certain family or I do certain thing, mm. then naturally there's a certain role. Like even based on what you were saying just now, yeah. like if you have the abilities, mm-hmm. you should take this job, right? So all these are like prerequisites to certain jobs and certain ideas, mm. right? And uh, just wondering, is there, do you feel like there is certain realities for someone to to mm. be to take up certain jobs yeah well I, I, I guess I, I i have a resistance to the using the word like natural because okay, to me yeah. like natural just means like human behavior mm, mm. um what you're talking about seems to be more like is it true that uh let's say calcified uh privileges in certain systems or in certain mm. sectors mm. of work mm. and, and yes. in singapore yeah well of course everywhere mm. right mm. everywhere there there's that right that there's a crust of privilege or there's a crust of power that uh, has been built up over time. It's not something that you and I even created to some extent. We were born into it. Mm-hmm. You know, as in we're born into this season in history. Yeah, yeah. And blaming, like, let's say your friend was born in a rich family uh, for it, it's like, it's, you can't do that because mm-hmm. it's not like they did it mm-hmm. either. They were born into the circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. So can you break through that crust or overcome it you can, but the more crusty it is, <laughs> you know, the more time encrusted that privilege, the mm. harder it is, mm, la, you know. Mm, mm, mm. So is it true that if you're born in a certain family that you don't have to deal with it? Uh, yeah. Mm. You know, that, and, and those are those are sort of like the facts that we want to digest. La. Yes, yes. Um, at the same time, you don't want to run the risk of telling yourself a, a false story that everywhere is crust. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how yeah, else to put crispy, this. It's crispy, everywhere yeah, is crispy. No, because like, it, it, yes, it's yes. hard because uh, we no, can't talk like about a specific... Yeah, we can't talk about a specific sector or a specific company and all that. I'm, I'm quite sure there's certain types of jobs and certain types of sectors where where you need that crust of privilege to even like get through those doors, mm-hmm. right? Um, but is that the job that you're looking for mm. in the first place? Mm. And if you're not, then then perhaps like the you know the, that that crustiness is not the issue. I think it might stop you from seeing what is the real work that needs to be done. La. So mm. I think there is a lot of work out there that don't need to be so and so's family or from I don't know a certain let's say, status to be able to access that. But you might need to work doubly, triply hard to mm. overcome that. Like what? Yeah. Give, give, give me some... I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to think. Like yeah. It's generally a bit difficult also for me to answer this question because I, I've only worked for myself since I got out of school. So I don't have a lot of lived experience in... Mm-hmm. I work under someone else's system and mm-hmm. suffer under someone else's prejudices. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever mm-hmm. mistakes I make, you know, it's my fault. It's mine. Yeah, yeah mm. but I get it that you might have maybe entered an organization or entered a sector where you're suddenly forced to deal with a lot of like, I don't know, like funny things that you didn't decide. Yeah, certain policies you didn't decide or uh, certain prejudices that you wouldn't subscribe to. But if your boss did, then too bad for you mm. kind of thing. So, so I, I get it. Okay, so how then how crusty is Singapore at this point? I mean, we are not... Mm. We've developed, you know, hundreds of years to get to where we are. 
pre-Singapore and then now many, many years down. So I can understand like yeah. power have consolidated, yeah. interest groups have come together, yeah. there's some level of stability. So it does feel very crusty. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. people feel jaded, like, no, there's no space for me to develop further. Like there's a whole bunch or a whole generation of people yes. that's growing up here yep. in their 30s yep. and made some money but feel like they're not going further anymore. And this, And they just feel like, I guess it's where where is it that you want to go, lah, you know? Mm, so mm. I'm imagining if let's say I am a gifted singer or a gifted actress, mm. I, I think it's it's factually I think quite clear that there's limits to how far you can go in the entertainment industry here. Yeah. Right. And it's not by fault of the entertainment industry in in a way. I mean, we can talk about the faults, mm, uh, mm, I but I don't know enough about it. But I know by facts, like the audience size isn't big. Yeah. You know, mm. and it's just not as sophisticated or developed an industry by sheer audience size. Mm. So I would agree that if you are that gifted, then you might need to go overseas to find those opportunities. Mm. Uh, if, if that's the big waters you want to swim in. But if let's say you're a gifted singer and actress in Singapore and part of your thing is, yeah, and I want to shake up the industry here, I want to change up the way we manage artists here, uh, then this is a great place to do it too because yeah. it's not that sophisticated. So it's kind of like, what is your goal in the first place, mm-hmm. you see? Fair. But I think for most mm. people, it, it, it feels like it is a choice between what I really want to do and like the need to feed my family. Right? Mm. Because certain sectors are not, right. not big, right? And, and I think that's yeah. the, that is the idea here, right? Where I think the reality is every country has certain sectors that are bigger than others, right? Because it's yes. of the reality of the space. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes we struggle, right? To ask ourselves like, hey, why we cannot like, we, like entertainment, why cannot be as big as like yeah. other people, right? Yeah. Why I cannot be like a CLS, right? Or something mm-hmm. like, why certain sectors are smaller and we, we go into this like, endless yeah. loop in our head right like why Singapore cannot be like that you know why can't we do other yeah. things you know why I have to work in finance <laughs> you know that kind of thing um, I guess it's what what is it that you I think the big existential question everyone can learn to ask themselves honestly is what is it that you really want out of life give ourselves that freedom to try to get what we want in, in a reasonable way lah if what you want is overseas and you have the means and the freedom, then go overseas. You know, there's no like, I must die, die, make it here in Singapore rather than overseas. Yeah, there, there are just some jobs that are just not going to be as uh, lucrative in Singapore as it might be elsewhere because it's just not the same geography. Mm. Yeah, it's not the same market size. Mm. And that's a reality check, right? It's a reality check. Uh, so I think... I'm not a fan of, let's say, the big sweeping opinion of like, oh, you know, in Singapore, all jobs up kind of thing. Mm. I think that it is quite specific to looking at like in that particular industry where you want to flourish, you want to get opportunities. Is it true, factually speaking, that in Singapore, it's just not going to be that way? Mm. And if it's not, then go overseas and like find that path for yourself. Mm, mm. Yeah. But some people may not want to go that far, right? Yeah. So then they may end up settling in an alternative career or they will try to find meaning yeah. in something else. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, how, how do you kind of look at this thing and what of advice for some of the people that are kind of in that crossroads, you know? Mm. They've made some money, they kind yeah. of huddled through this whole situation of like, you know, like after school, like, wow, and then, you know, after they grind a few years, they kind of settle yeah. into the reality okay, and they're so trying to make choices where to go. If we're going to be very specific about the person group mm. that we're talking about. So so let's assume you are not exactly poor without options. Yeah. You are 
fairly wealthy-ish, you have enough what loose is change. You have enough loose change to not worry about your next meal okay. and your house and like you can still go overseas and your biggest pain is existential pain. Yes, right? Yes. That I, know, the I middle hate income, my job. Yeah, yeah. The middle yeah, income no. in Singapore is uh, the biggest headache is where to go holiday this year, right? Uh, no, <laughs> I mean I, I to, to be fair, like I think there are middle class families who are going through a lot of crunch. So, so Especially this period. I think. Yeah, so we're, we're all not... We might call ourselves like, okay, we're all from the middle class, but not everyone in the middle class is going through the same experience. Yeah. Some are going through a huge crunch, right? But but let's say we are talking specifically about a group that um, you are wealthy enough that you don't have any immediate financial pains and your pains are more of an existential crisis. Like, I don't like my job. I'm not sure where I should go. Why can't I get that opportunity? So that, right. I think the first thing is to acknowledge you are in a beautiful position, mm-hmm. which is actually hard sometimes to actually mm-hmm. take in, that you are actually in a really, really uh, good position right now to exercise some personal agency and exercise some freedom of choice. And you have to ask yourself, is that what you want? You know, because sometimes the thing that you want will make you have to take in risk, discomfort, a challenge to your wonderful, beautiful status quo right now. You know, and and maybe that's not what you want. Hmm. You know, maybe like if you want to be very honest, maybe what you want is I do want to collect X amount of money every month and hate my boss and not think too hard. I kind of like that and I like complaining. And if that's you, then okay. You know, Hmm. you do you. But let's be clear, it's not that you didn't have a choice. But if you do, and if let's say the, the, the complaining is a real thing, that means you are going through a, a real existential crisis of the more I stay in this job, the more my soul is getting sucked out of me and I'm starting to be a bit like mentally like crunched up because of this and I'm really worried. Like I want to leave my job. I know I, I've always been dreaming of leaving my job, but I'm scared too. And that, that's a real problem. It is. Right, and for that person, it's sort of a different crossroads. It's uh, I think you have to fully appreciate that the longer you put off doing what is true for you, the more fragmented and disconnected you're gonna be, and the more emotionally and psychologically impacted you're gonna be, and you have to make a judgment call about about whether you want to continue in brokenness or you want to make a choice that would support your wholeness. And sometimes that's very scary because it can look like, uh, let's say, taking a sabbatical Mm. for a year, not working in that high-stress, high-paying job just to, I don't know, take a whole mental year break or to try out that other meaningful job you've always wanted to do but have been scared because Papa said, don't go and do it, <laughs> right? No, it's, it's yeah, true. It's you true. Know? I mean, I'm saying this loosely yeah, and, yeah. and I no, but don't... A lot, a lot yeah, no, I, yeah, and, yeah, and, yes. and I don't mean to and I don't want anyone hearing this to feel disrespected about it because it's not. I, it's true. A lot of people do end up living... Uh, half a life because they still think this is what my parents want me to do or this is what society wants me to do and if that's the narrative you want to challenge yourself especially if you are old enough to take this responsibility I think mid-30s onwards a lot of us will go through a midlife unraveling one of the ways to 
uh, deal with that is to go through a process of reparenting yourself, which means to acknowledge that your parents were imperfect, they made their mistakes, sometimes very crippling mistakes, but you are now old enough to be the parent that they couldn't be for you. You know, especially and this is especially poignant if you are having your own kids. Yeah. You know, and and your kids will benefit greatly from you reparenting your own self you know this is uh, you have an inner child that needs to feel like you have the freedom the love the safety to start making choices that you always wished you could make as a younger person how about you know for those who feel well i don't have that option you know i have to let's say keep that job that's okay to give yourself the grace to recognize that right now you're doing a hard thing you're doing a job that maybe you don't completely connect with but you are making a very noble choice right now to serve let's say the needs of your family can you digest that for yourself that that is a really good noble thing that you are doing you know not every one of us is going to get to live let's say the the dream that you fantasized about when you were younger if you're in a position right now where you've had to lay that dream to rest. It's healthy to give yourself that space to grieve for the loss of that dream so that you can move on mm. and embrace the dream that you are creating. I know. Do, do, do you get what I mean? I get it. I'm yeah. vibing with you. That's the thing. I'm like, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so, so I think that we don't give ourselves enough space to acknowledge the realities that sometimes uh, there are losses, sometimes there are things to grieve. And only when you do that, then can you embrace the newness of opportunities and the newness of dreams that, that are there for you to take on as well. But that if you don't let go of that in a graceful, gracious way, then that has a hold on you. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I'm not so much a fan of like, oh, just go for your dream and yeah, your yeah, purpose. I don't like that. <laughs> so no, yes, it's, it's not, you know. <clears throat> to me, it's yeah. a simple problems are already solved. Yeah. Right. So if it was that clear, yeah. it was that simplistic. Just go for it. Then yeah. You would have already done it. Yes. The reality is you are struggling between the choice of like what you yeah. said, right? Maybe you're sacrificing for the fam. Yeah. You know, you're trying to do something else, or maybe yeah. you're trying to meet some societal expectations. You know, but at the same time you are giving, you're letting some part of you die, you know, in that sense. Yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah. and and when you do, you'll be surprised that it's a paradox, but sometimes something has to die so that something can live, Mm. you know. And that's like sort of a life wisdom that I think many people have uh, understood only when they went through that process. Yes. So it's yes. one of those things which, you know, if your friend says it to you, you're going to be so annoyed. Like, yeah, what are like, you talking about? Yeah, like, no more chicken soup. <laughs> <laughs> MSG too high, this one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I get it. I, get it. I love yeah. it. Oh my God, I love it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In that view, right? Yeah. Where what is money then to mm. the individual? 
Uh, let me start with myself. What is money to me? I think money to me is just something that makes life a little easier. I mean, it's just a unit of value, right? Like I, I need it to buy chicken rice. I need it to pay gas bills, whatever, right? But I'm not beholden to it. Mm. I must be aware of its power on me. You know, you, when you watch like, let's say the numbers of your bank account go up, go down, that kind of thing, and you want to acknowledge like there's a surprising uh, psychological effect on you. And you got to ask yourself, like, is that healthy? Why is it that one number makes you happy and one number makes you sad? Mm. Right? I think objectively, there, there, there is a number that uh, I think you ought to be sad because that, that number cannot pay the bills and it's yes. very stressful. Yes, yes. Right? But then beyond that, there's like a weirdness of like, like is 1 million enough for you? Is 1.5? Is mm-hmm. 2? You know, that kind of thing. People then cling on to a lot of abstract ideas to try to rationalize that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so after a while, it's a weird numbers game, right? Like if you come down to it factually, like how much do you really need to live the life that most matters to you? So not so much like how much do you need to live the life that you want because our wants are sometimes quite endless. So it's like how much money do you really need to live the life that matters most to you? If you calculate, I think for a lot of people, what matters most is not super duper costly. Yeah. There's a lot of caveats there. No, 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 there's not. Because like what matters to you most, if you can tell me with a straight face, what matters to me most is having that million dollar watch on my wrist. Then the next question is why does that matter to you so much? When people are asked what matters to them most, they are, they are, most of them are just going to say something along the lines of like, I, I have to be happy, mm. my kids must be happy, or like my wife is happy, or, my, or I get to hang out with my friends. It's a lot of things which are not super duper costly mm, mm. in many ways mm, mm, yeah mm, mm. and i think that's the that's the dangerous but profound conversation we each need to learn to have ourselves yeah, yeah. yeah because because it, it the, the confronting thing is what is money to you mm, you mm. know so it's money your identity and not even just money your identity it's like a certain unit of money mm. the identity you're striving for mm. and if you reach that number is that going to be enough? Mm-hmm. And on mm. some level, societal ideas then shape the identity on some level, right? There, yeah. There's mm. the self, but then there's, there's also the society, there's also yes. the environment that yeah. then shapes the self, right? So, and from a social level or from right. a country's level, when yeah. we look at money, when we yeah. look at uh, GDP, or mm-hmm. we look at all these kind of growth, yeah. you know, it, sometimes it feels like it's endless, right? Like we just keep wanting to grow, 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 grow. Yeah, yeah. And how do I reconcile this with like, actually, you know, I just want to like chill with my friends, people that I yeah. like. So I think where I'm going with is mm. the narrative, right? The, the big narrative of like, we want to grow, we want to progress, make more money. Yes. And then there's always headline numbers, right? Bigger and bigger, bigger. Yeah, yeah. And it affects mm. the individual. It, it does. But you as an individual also need to start to draw your own boundaries of like, you do you. Mm. You know, good for you. You got your whatever handbag and whatever watch and whatever condo, right? And what's that to me? Mm. You Mm. know, like if that's what matters to you, does that matter to me? Mm. And if like your question, and if like you find yourself answering, actually what matters to me is I beat the other person. Then like, Mm. I think you got bigger problems. Yeah, yeah. You can play other games. Yeah, you can, yeah. (laughs) It's really important that everyone decides for themselves what is the story that you want to live. Because when you die, I think it will become starkly clear to you whether you have 
succeeded at the story that mattered most to you. You know, like no one's going to be standing around your deathbed and thinking like, why you never... <laughs> <laughs> why you never... Why you never if beat only. me, you know? <laughs> or why, why you never have that condo, mm-hmm. you know? Like no one... I like to think of the deathbed thing because mm-hmm. I think it's the most clarifying scenario. Mm-hmm. There's a certain end to it. I think that's the It's the, the most predictable, yeah. factual end. You are yeah. going to die. Mm. You don't even know when you will die. So how then do you want to live? Mm-hmm. And can you start living that life right now? Mm-hmm. Because who is to know if tomorrow you don't get hit by a car? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. but sometimes what matters to us, yes. right? Like the meaning of our lives or yeah. what do we want, yeah. run, runs counter to social goals or societal narratives right yeah. like let's say i think these days are a bit better right mm-hmm. like these days you you see campaigns that you know it's okay not to be okay you know some mm-hmm. of these other campaigns yeah. right so it's, it's great but we just wind back a few years yeah. ago it, it was like progress progress you know grow 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 yeah, right so yeah. that is the broad narrative yes and sometimes it runs counter to our own narratives yes right? so how do i then reconcile this it's a front from a individual development point of view and individual transformation point of view, right? The transforming moment for many individuals is when they realize it is okay and I am okay when I am not who you want me to be as long as I'm okay with who I want to be. And that's that almost doesn't have to do with money. It comes mm. on like, will you be okay mm determining your own version of okayness. Mm. Although we, yeah. we have to recognize that it is on some level challenging, right? For a lot of people. Well, yeah. Okay. It's a process. Okay, if we take this out of the money field for a while, mm. right? So let's say you go to parties and every time you go to a party, someone always asks you like how many children you have mm. and you say like zero and they say, why don't you have two? Right, mm. so and let's say every party they bug you about mm. this, like have two children. Yeah, thing. stop at two, ma. So, so, so it's like, so I mean, Don't you, my so it's like you <laughs> have to come to your own conclusion mm. of mm. like. I may be sick and tired of people asking me why I don't have two, mm. but at some point I have to grow up, you know, mm-hmm. and like sort of step into your power and your truth, right, to say. Like, I get it that you would love for me to have two. I currently have zero and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And be okay with however they react. Mm. Because ultimately, it's your life and they have nothing to do with it. Mm. And like, how much longer do you want to live being affected by like what other people mm-hmm. say, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So are you okay with your life now? Like, where are you on this journey? Because I feel mm-hmm. like I'm on... Uh, it keeps developing. Right, like, right. At first, I'm like, yeah. I'm okay. Then after that, it's like, uh, what's going on? You know, like, well, like yeah, there are but, new but revelations. That, that, that is life. Yes, that, that, yes, that yes. is life, you know. Like, it, it's... So I'm not saying that societal opinions or, or cultural biases are easy to navigate. But I'm saying, like, you only develop the muscle to deal with it. Yes. If yes. you keep... Yes, yes. You it's know, an endless it's practice. It's an endless, yes, and yes. it's not even about a money thing per se. It could mm-hmm. be about everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's about your looks. It's about how many children you have. It's about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just gets silly after a while. And you've got to see that it's actually a bit of a silliness that we mm-hmm. play with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, oh, like, uh, did you send boy boy to tuition <laughs> at five years old? You know, and then like, you have to be okay with saying, well, I don't send my kid to tuition at five. Mm. And if that person says, why not, why not, why not? You've got to be okay with saying like, I get it that you believe in it. 
I don't and I'm fine. Mm. And I hope you're fine with it too, mm, you know? Mm, mm, mm. And maybe stop hanging out with people like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe they're not your people. <laughs> yeah, so I, so it, it's quite big and profound in yes, some ways. Yes, like, yes. So when, when, when I hear you say like, okay, there's all these like societal judgments and all that, like, but which part of society are you hanging out with? Mm, mm. Because that's not true of all groups. Yes, yes. You know, like maybe you need a different set of friends. Yes, yes. And yes. a different exposure to another circle who's like completely okay, okay yes, with your yes. choices, even supportive. Mm. Or even say like, wow, you have so much more than I. And then mm. you suddenly realize, oh dear. Mm. You know, like mm. what? What waters have I been swimming in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And 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 I think that's a natural development of like mm. as you develop and find more of yourself, you yeah. will your your the environment around you will change. The people that you hang out with will, yeah, will yeah, change, yeah. right? So then, yes. eventually you find a a new bunch of people. <laughs> you you pace life with them. No, I, I, it's yeah. okay. Yes, yeah. no, and, and and I get it. Like it's um okay. So I I live. I think I live a comfortable enough life. But I am aware that some of my choices may look poor mm. to someone else. In what sense? Uh, for example, I don't drive mm. and I take public transport, of which I think is fine and I, and I enjoy it. Mm. But I get it that there are people who completely assume that everyone around them have a car. Sometimes I get, I get invites to speak on a panel and mm. there was once I had to speak on a panel where let's just say the people on the panel were very rich mm. and unaware of how rich they sound. It, even over like lunch, you know, because usually like in panels, you know, you have a pre-lunch discussion, right? Mm -hmm. And and honestly, this is a crowd that talks about like, oh yeah, so I heard you bought a New York, la la la. And, and they're not being like no, they're not. Yeah, yeah, they're not. That's the interesting it, it's part. It's their life. Yes, it's yes, their yes, life, yes, yes, you know? And, and I am sitting there and listening and if I don't do my own self-work, mm. you know, that they're, they're not talking about their yachts at you. Mm -hmm. They're not showing off to you. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just talking about their life. It's true. It's just like how moms talk about tuition centre. Right? Yeah. You know, there's, there's this other yeah, or like, boy, 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 got 100. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah, my kid yeah, got yeah. 20. Like, it's not, they're not an attacking insult. They're you. not attacking yes. you. It's not it's about you. That's a concern. Yeah. That's why they talk about it. Yeah. So, you, so, to some degree, like, it's also on your own self to manage, like, it's got nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. You know, good for you. Mm -hmm. Right? And if if you say like, well, you know what, I don't have a yacht and I take public transport, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I swam here in a lot. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and you gotta be like, you know, even if let's say they react badly, mm -mm. right? And they're like, oh no, you know, <laughs> or, or, or make a face at you, right? Uh, you gotta be like, okay, with like, well, uh, I'm yeah, happy with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm fine. yeah, yeah. I'm quite sure that in certain circles, like just if I say like I don't drive. Or I don't have a car and I don't intend to. You probably get some people who are like, "Why? Mm. You know, like don't don't you think you should take better care of yourself?" Or don't know what kind of nonsense. Yeah, yeah, I've, like, I've heard that before. I've you heard know, that before. They, yes, they say yes, that yes. or like you know when you're forty you should take care. Then I'll be like, well. I think I'm taking great care of myself by not having a car. I enjoy mm -hmm. it. I think that's a lot of. Um inner work kind, yes. of, kind of thing right there's yeah. a lot of inner work you gotta like maybe rework some of how you associate with money who yeah. the people you hang out with uh, yeah. knowing yourself a little bit better so th those are those are great mm. great stuff yeah but what about us projecting on broader society then mm -hmm. so let's say <clears throat> it's not all about inner work right yeah. so okay some things I work on myself yeah. but some things I want to work on society I want to change society mm. to fit how I want it to be because uh, I uh, why, why, why yeah. I ask this question yeah. because 
very often we always talk about like you know work on yourself like yes. work on what you can control yeah. blah blah and, and I get it right because yes. it's yourself you can control right yes. what you eat what you wake up you know yeah. all these things are easier to control mm. but there's some problems that are just stacked against you yes. and you're not willing to budge on like you know yeah. what, what you can control yeah and then you need to project that. Like when you intervene on the system? Like. Yes, so you have to intervene on the system. And yeah. how, how does one go about doing something like that? I do think the first step to intervening on the system is to make sure you do your self-work. Okay. Because the last thing you want is for you intervene on the system and the system push back on you and say, ah, that's because you got some things uh, going on in yourself. Uh, and you're like, oh, that's oh, true. Oh, yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> So so like you um so so it's okay so this is not about like only when you are perfect and got all your ducks in a row then you can intervene on the system. Mm, mm. It's just the more you do like self awareness work, the more you can understand what's going on for you and recognize how much of this is really just your work mm. and how much of it is oh no there's something that we need to talk about in this system, mm, mm, right? So mm. uh so for example, let's say you are a freelance graphic designer freelance creative and a lot of the odds are sometimes stacked against the freelancer about like how soon they get paid yeah. by the big company that yes, kind of stuff yes, yes. please you pay know. me a bit earlier okay thank you no I say one no I say one like um, how like freelancers have to sometimes beg for the money to come from a big company yeah, because a lot of money yeah it's annoying yes, yeah yes. so uh, I think that but you see, if, if you are a freelancer who, let's say, has not done their self-work on their temper or on mm. their, like, let's say, like, all the worst judgments of, like, big MNCs all come out, right? Then when you go and attack, let's say, the poor, let's say, the, the hapless finance person who, mm-hmm. you know, with, like, mm. all you MNC like that, then, then you are giving that other person the opportunity to say, oh, you're so unreasonable. Mm. You know, you, you want to give the system, in some sense, the least amount of excuses to not listen to you. Mm. Because you're going to go to them with like great respect, great skill, great like, this is the problem. These Mm. are the facts. I would say, you know, like I would prefer, let's say my money come in by this date, Mm. right? And if that doesn't happen, this is what I am prepared to do. Call Mm. me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And and that is on some level um, a power dynamics, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I can walk out of a job because I'm I'm fine with not Mm. not taking this this particular game, let's say, right? So that's, you know, okay, other than the whole like inner work, you know, we work through some of these things. How do I then go about then gathering more power to influence yeah, I, I think mm. the, for an individual, right, um, you feel a lot more empowered if you keep practicing putting your voice into the room about what are you really thinking, feeling, and wanting uh, from the other mm. or from the system. And to do it in a way that, that preserves your dignity and your integrity and your boundaries. And, and saying that may not necessarily get you your request mm. because the system may say, well, good for you. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to change. Then you might say, then do for what? Mm. You know, I already know the answer is going to be no. But That's so common. No, no, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, common. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and that's why a lot of people say like, so I don't want to put in the effort. Yes, I get but it. But the, the, the reason why you do it is not just for the possibility of a good response from mm. the system. And, and that is a possibility. You do it for yourself. Because you want to continuously practice the art of I have a voice, 
I have thoughts, I have needs, I have feelings, and I will put it on the table. Because to silence myself is just to continue to weaken myself. Mm. And you must not do that to yourself. So it's not so much whether you get what you want, because sometimes you're just not going to get it. Mm. It's like, are you going to get better and better at asking for what you need and want? Mm. I think we went through one round, right? Yeah, With yeah. like the whole of, uh, mm. there's certain social expectations, yeah. there's a certain function to how things work, yeah. reality check of life, yeah. inner work, making choices with limited resources given money yeah. and all that, right? So to sum it all up, yeah. right? I feel like that is a big part of anchoring and coming back yep. to reality right and mm-hmm. fully integrate to live a full life yeah. within the community that you choose to be or within broader society mm-hmm. right so any last words for, for someone that's trying to do that too a lot of people think that the answer to scarcity is abundance but it's not the answer to scarcity is satisfaction because Scarcity is a factual reality that all of us live under, right? And that's not going to go away uh, anytime, actually. No matter how rich you get, there's always some kind of scarcity that you live in. Then people start to imagine, okay, the answer to that is more lah, abundance. Mm, mm, mm. I need more. I need more. And it doesn't matter if you are a broke middle class person or a billionaire it still sounds the same. Mm, mm. I need more, right? Mm. And the existential question is, how much more is enough? And if you cannot answer that question, like, where got such thing as enough? It'll never be enough. Then like you are just, then you've already got your answer. You'll never be rich enough. Mm. The the number is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So actually the, the existential question is, then what is... What does satisfaction look like for you? True satisfaction. Boil it down to a certain picture of your life. Uh, You can put down a numerical number to it too, right? How much money do you need to afford that life? But you need to have a vision of what satisfaction looks like for you. And once you have that, some of you might actually realize, actually, I already have everything that I want. (laughs) (laughs) I can be satisfied. And, And sometimes that's the big wake up call that... And sometimes people get that wake-up call too late. I agree. And Mm. I mean, to end off, um, my viewpoint is Mm. it is not mutually exclusive to accept where you are now Mm. and work towards the future. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel like, I cannot accept where I am. You know, I got to keep moving, moving. It's all about the dream, but... It's both. It's both. They are not mutually exclusive. They can coexist at the same time. You can be happy and comfortable and recognize where you are. Or you can be unhappy. It's also acceptable. But no, just recognizing this is where I am. You know, Mm -hmm. I have a family. This is what's happening. I have, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm from like two kids. I'm a peasant, whatever. You know, like Mm -hmm. recognizing where you are Mm -hmm. and continue to dream and work towards the future. Yeah. They are not mutually exclusive. They can coexist. Yes. And also have a healthy sense of reality that you never know when everything changes. Mm. Like, what if the next day you learn you have cancer? Mm. You Mm. know, and it's horrible. Nobody wants that. But like, even in that horrendous scenario, you have to do the same work of what does satisfaction look like for me now? Mm. Maybe you asked me that yesterday it was like, oh, to get that dream job and it's nearly there, I can taste it. Now you just found out you only got three months more to live. Mm -hmm. If you don't change your idea of what is satisfaction, then you're going to die 
super, super unhappy and dissatisfied. And that's how some people do end up. Mm. But then you have those beautiful stories where like, actually I realise three months more, this is what I want. I want mm. to sell off all my stuff. I want to make amends with my parents and all that. And I will die, but I will die with a reasonable amount of satisfaction that mm. this was the life I wanted to lead. And that is actually the secret to <laughs> having a decent life. Satisfaction. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Great, love it. That, yeah. that was like a perfect insurance plug, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the insurer can come in and like plug. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Right. But yes, thank you, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Love it, love it, love it. Stay tuned all the way after these quick notes for our personal money question segment. Before that, I hope you've learned something useful today. Join our Telegram group, follow us on our socials, and check out thefinancialcoconut.com. First question is, what has been your best and worst investment you've ever made? Oh my goodness. Mm. Let's not need to be financial. Okay, I'll just pick one that immediately came to my mind. Mm. One of the best and worst investments I made was, I can't remember how much I paid for it, a couple of thousand dollars for this like charlatan's uh, real estate course. Uh, it was like in my 20s and I thought like, you know, I need to grow up and learn some of this stuff. So I signed up for some like, you know, one of those advertisements like, oh, come in for this course and learn all you need about real estate. And I went in there and I was thinking like, man, this is such a sham. Like mm. I paid a few thousand dollars and this guy is like talking nonsense, but all Just the auntie and uncles you, yeah. are like sucking it up. <laughs> and I was so angry. And it was a terrible investment of my thousand dollars, but it was also good because like I realized there's a lot of shills out there. Yeah. And like, I'm so done with this nonsense. Yeah, that's my genesis of why I started this whole thing. Oh, right? I was very annoyed by Facebook ads telling me that I can succeed just by learning this one thing. That's one. <laughs> great, great, great. Is there a best investment or is that... I, I get that it was a best and worst. My best investment was two-year but turned into a four-year-long course in Chim Phrase, Gestalt Organization and Systems Development. Uh, it is the foundation of the way I do consulting. But it was a transforming program because uh, I learned so much in there about who I am, what I want, and it yeah it's it it it's a gift that keeps giving back, mm. yeah. And I don't mean it just from a skill building point of view, but it was the best best development program that I've ever been on. Mm. Yeah. Was it again? The program is uh it's called I Gold, mm. uh but the the skill set that you learn is a uh, gestalt therapy based organization and systems development work so it was a very very expensive course but mm, mm. well worth everything yeah great great mm. um what is one thing under a hundred dollars that was a game changer for you nothing makes me happier than like eating a shake shack double burger <laughs> like, like you know honestly like i don't need to spend that much on a meal to get very satisfied and the Shake Shack, like Double Burger to me, is a great example of like, screw your $500 omakase stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like that, 
you know, a pretty expensive burger, but not horrendously expensive. Mm. Like, gives me, like, I can't imagine, <laughs> you know, like, I want to pay, like, so much more for that same level of satisfaction. Mm. Under 100 bucks, yeah. you can get a lot of pleasure. <laughs> I get it, I get it. And the beauty is you no longer need to go to, like, uh, the airport to get it, right? Yeah, there are multiple yeah. brunches. I think I, I walked past Bishan. Yeah. They have one there today, so, yeah. yeah. It's a stupid $100 yeah. item, but it's <laughs> one that came to mind. <laughs> great, great, great. Uh, last question. Yeah. Uh, one place you learn that you think is very underrated. It can be a book, podcast, YouTube, website. Like, like uh, one thing that I yeah, learned. Yeah, like one place that you learn from. Oh, okay. one place that I learn from. Mm, That's very underrated in your view. Like people need to know about this place. Go to YouTube, look up this woman called Dr. Ramani Durvasala and she will give you the best free crash course in narcissism. Because everybody needs a free education in how to recognize people who are very, 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 very bad for you and recognize every red flag so you do not get cheated and bamboozled by them. And there's many narcissists out there. Yeah. Okay. I'm Dude. just moved by how it's free content. It's the best free education out there. And she puts out like a video every week. Oh and it's the goodness. one YouTube channel where you see the comment section is not toxic. And I think it's worthwhile for everyone to watch it so that you can just recognize whether that toxic person in your life is actually clinically a narcissist. And I think not many people know how to recognize one. Mm. Yeah, so it's a great free resource, which I think many people don't know about. Great, great. <laughs> Must share this one. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. If, if anybody wants to follow you, yeah. where can they follow you? How do they keep track of your work? Uh, you can just look up uh, Common Ground uh, Civic Centre and Consultancy. So we are, I, I cannot for the life of me remember like our Insta handles and all that. <laughs> if you Google that Common Ground Civic Centre and Consultancy, you should be able to find the LinkedIn and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can look up my name, like uh, Xiao Yin Quek. It's There's only one of that name, so it's quite, quite easy to find online. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very unique. So yeah, yes, unusual spelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Thank yeah. you, thank you for your time. No problem. I appreciate it. Yeah.